Welcome to the Competitive 40K Podcast, brought to you by Vanguard Tactics. It's our mission to help you play, progress, and perform at this incredible game of Warhammer 40K, keeping sportsmanship and fair play at its absolute core. I'm your host, Dave Colmel, a writer trudging along English roadways, enduring an involuntary vow of poverty. Fortunately, along this road of life, I've met a Thatcher son turned knight. He's the rock, the hard place. Like a wind from Gelderland, he sweeps by, blown far from his homeland in search of glory and honor. We walk in the garden of his turbulence. He is the William Thatcher to my Jeffrey Chaucer. Mr. Jordan Checkley. Jordan, how's it going? Mate, I am doing really well. However, I literally, I was getting so hyped during what you were saying, but I just had no idea what you was on about, mate. But it still it sounded so epic. That is so epic. I was with you. <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, it's called A Knight's Tale. It came out before you were born. So, oh right, um, okay, yeah, yeah, no idea. So, <laughs> you go back. There's, I, there's actually a whole quote that I, um, that I was just doing from. It's actually a quote from the movie. And um, oh, all right, okay, all right. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, I'm blanking on the actor's name. It's with um, Heath Ledger plays the the Thatcher son and. Um, Paul Bettany plays Jeffrey Chaucer and they, oh, they meet him along right. the anyway, it's it's a whole scene and it's hilarious. So You um, sold me, yeah. mate. You sold me just yeah. off your, your voice acting there, mate. That's fantastic. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I did a very, very poor uh uh you know, very poor rendition of Paul Bettany there, but uh let's let's no, move you on. Didn't. Um, we're obviously here not to talk about a knight's tale, but to talk about grey knights. So um, yes. Let's get right into talking about the index cards for 10th edition for Grey Knights. Uh, real quick, though, we're going to stop for our first sponsor of the day, The Outpost. The Competitive 40K podcast is proudly supported by The Outpost, your friendly local gaming store with the most helpful and friendliest of staff. After visiting The Outpost, I was taken aback by the whole host of products available in store and online. With awesome discounts, gaming tables, and a huge range of terrain for different game systems, The Outpost is certainly a great place to hang out and hobby. Check out www.the-outpost.co.uk or go and visit them in-store. All right. Yeah, Steve sounded way better in that ad than I did in my opening, but we'll move on. (laughs) Um, So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave us a five-star review. Go ahead and comment as to whether or not I should continue to do Paul Bettany quotes and openings or if I should just go back to doing the normal stuff and stay in my lane. I'm going to go comment now just to make sure that you do, mate, because I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, don't forget to check us out on Instagram also. I'm on there at infantrylawyer 40 k You can also DM me there about my bad uh, Bettany impressions. You can also find Jordan on there. He's at VT underscore Jord. And with that, let's start talking about the army rule for Grey Knights, or actually the expectations uh, for Grey Knights, which is what? What should people expect when they're going to play into or, or as Grey Knights? So Grey Knights are potentially the most exciting army to play in 40k 10th edition. You know how much I love my Blood Angels, but Grey yeah. Knights, in terms of their play style, there's a lot of like teleport shenanigans. You're going to be leaning into like that whole like elite infantry. Like there's their purity is on a whole nother level. They are absolutely awesome. You can literally just take units off the board, bring them back. Oh, it's so cool, man. It's so cool. With that uh, foundation that you've laid, let's talk about the army rule, which is literally titled teleport assault. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This, I think it goes, goes about saying, so basically 
Um, if your army is obviously Grey Knights, at the end of your opponent's turn, you can select a number of Grey Knight units from your army with this ability. Uh, you can't do it if they're in engagement range. Um, and the maximum number of units you can take off are the following. So if you're playing Combat Patrol, it's just one unit. Incursion up to two units. Strike Force up to three. And Onslaught up to four. So obviously standard games usually are Strike Force. So you can be taking three units off the board at the end of your opponent's turn. You 100% are doing that anyway, even if you don't need to. Because you're bringing them straight back on anyway. So you, you, it just gives you the option, let's say if you're doing tactical objectives, to go, cool, I need to do something else. Oh, I wish I took off that extra unit. Do you know what I mean? Like It gives you the, the tactical play to be able to just do what you need to in, in the game. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's very, very cool. So it's, they follow this, the normal rules for coming back in. So have to stay nine inch away from enemy units. Um, yeah, there's, it's really cool. It's really cool. But there are other shenanigans that we're going to go into, mate, that will make this deep striking um, rule better. All right, so the detachment rule is called teleport shunt. Uh, George, yeah. summarize it for us, please. So teleport shunt. Basically, uh, you pick a Grey Knights unit with the deep strike ability, um, and each time they uh, advance, you don't roll the advance roll. You just add six inches to the movement characteristic, and they gain the fly keyword. Um, now, this is very, very powerful because basically what it means is infantry don't have to go over buildings. They literally just go through them. So you just get an extra six on your advance on all your infantry. Um, and you can move over enemy units as well, which is really important. Um, so it's really hard to move block these guys because either they're coming off the board and teleporting away or they're just jumping through you. <laughs> so, right. They're, they're pretty much going wherever they want to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very good. Very good rule. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like that. Yeah, that's obviously super powerful. Not in a I'm going to kill you sort of way, but obviously for playing the game, like you said, for scoring the, the tactical objectives and all that, that is a massive amount of flexibility. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Very cool. Well, uh, let's start getting into some data sheets. Uh, I am assuming we'll start with uh, his uh, royal badassery, Caldor Drago, in a second. But real quick, we're going to stop for our second sponsor of the day, Color Forge. The Competitive 40K Podcast is supported by Colorforge. I found Colorforge 18 months ago and I was blown away by the quality of the product. I've always had an incredible finish, not too thick, not too chalky, and have always had the perfect coverage in all kinds of weather conditions. The cans are around 25% larger and cheaper than most other brands on the market. All of the colors are matched to Citadel base color, so it makes that transition from rattle can to paints absolutely seamless. Check out www.thecolorforge.com to pick up your sprays today, along with a whole host of other awesome hobby products. All right, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to sign up for the competitive Warhammer 40K community Facebook page. The password for this month is still Death Leaper, and uh, no spelling checks required. Do your worst, or actually do your best, please. Um, and uh, yeah. Oh, and we got it real quick. Anybody who uh, wants to go check some uh, some interesting scores, uh, I heard about an interesting event this past weekend at Partisan Games, where um, uh, yes. it, was, it was basically all of VT got together, decided to beat each other up. Mm, yeah, that was interesting, mate. Very interesting. Um, I had to play Steve, Mike, Jake, and Kobe. Um, out of five games, I played four of um, everyone who I play all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like going to an event and playing the exact same people you practice with. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was a good practice event. 
Yeah, that was hilarious. Uh, Steve's Instagram was was comedy. You know, he's like, I, I could have just stayed home and played the same yeah. people. <laughs> exactly. How far was that drive for y'all? Because it was what, in, An- in Andover? It was in Andover, yeah. So for Steve, it was like an hour, hour, 45 minutes, roughly wow. in between that. Um, mine was, well, to be fair, I only lived down the road from, from it. So it's about half an hour for me. Mike lives around the corner. Um, oh, okay. So it's, it's all in, in the hour sort of distance. Like it's quite a local one to us, which is why we all attend it quite often. Right. Um, but yeah, it was just funny that we all ended up playing each other, like just constantly. Um, yeah, it was funny. <laughs> That's true, comedy. And you're, you're going to LGT in two weeks, right? exactly yeah that's why we were we all went to it as well to practice um yeah so we're all going to lgt i know jake and steve are going to the outpost in sheffield um this coming well this coming weekend um to go for another tournament so they're getting more more practicing awesome very cool are you and i'm assuming you're taking your blood angels again oh of course yeah no i wouldn't go to lgt without taking the blood angels so yeah yeah, they are definitely going. We've actually got um, a members series going on on the YouTube channel, which is like our road to LGT. So you've got um, episodes from myself, Jake and Steve, where each week we're doing a video which kind of goes through how our list is changing, our expectations, our thoughts, how practice games have gone. And we've been doing that um, for a couple of weeks now. So yeah, no, if you're cool. interested, go check that out. Absolutely. People should definitely check that out. All right. So mm. with that, Let's get on to the data sheets. And I'm assuming, first and foremost, we got to talk about Caldor Drago. I mean, he's the granddad of yeah. all. Yeah. Well, as Steve likes to call him the Primarch of the Grey Knights. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's honestly, he's really cool, actually. Um, so he's, one thing to note is all the data sheets are going to have a two up save for like your Grey Knight infantry and stuff and your characters because they are the best of the, the best. Um, so this guy's toughness five, two up save, seven wounds. Um, he's only OC one. Um, but anyway, his, his weapons. So he's got anti demon two plus on his, um, scourge and psychic attack, which is strength six, AP two, damage two. It's all right. It's nice. Um, it's not, it's not terrible. Uh, obviously you've got a storm bolter and you've got the Titan sword as well. Um, so this one is anti demon two plus with psychic six attacks. Uh, weapon skill 2 up, strength 8, AP 4, damage 3. Um, so there are ways of buffing this guy again. A lot of these data sheets, um, when we come to stratagems and, well, enhancements on the non-named cap, non-epic heroes, they're going to look a lot better. This is a really nice one I like with Drago because of the teleporting abilities and shenanigans with the Grey Knights. Is um, Once per battle, you can, get, um, you can declare a charge in a turn um, or oh, sorry, when you declare a charge in the turn in which it was set up using the deep strike ability, you get plus three to your charge. So you are charging with a seven inch charge with him, which is really nice. Nice, exactly. But that's that's the the grandmaster of the Grey Knights. He's he's great. Definitely someone who has competitive play. Um, but yeah, I like him. If only melee was a little stronger, that that adding three to the charge roll would be a little better. But yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't played yet with the new balance data slate, so maybe the you know melee is coming back a little bit. These guys got hit with a good points decrease, so you are getting on average probably like two hundred points extra in your list. Um, okay, nice. so 
that you are getting like another squad of Terminators. Um, and it, as I said, like there are ways to make your army a lot better with the strats. So the strats are, I'm not gone on to it, but the strats are really good for this index. Um, so yeah, well, when we come on to them, you'll see why I'm thinking that these squads are better. Okay, cool. Voldus, uh, yep. Grandmaster Voldus. So, um, similar profile to, um, Drago, but he's got his, uh, hammer. I'm going to butcher this name, but Malleus Argurum. Argurum. Um, he's got, so Sanctus, uh, or Sanctuary, his psychic ability. Um, so when he's leading the unit, um, enemies have to minus one to the hit roll. Good. Makes your Terminators a lot more survivable. Um, then you've got a hammer of flame. So basically, each time this model's unit is selected to fight, uh, you can select one enemy unit in engagement range or roll a d6, add into it if it's got the demon keyword. Uh, on a 4 to 5, the enemy suffers d3 mortal wounds. And on a 6, they suffer d3 plus 3 mortal wounds. Nice. Very niche, though, because obviously it's only going to work against demons. So, And I don't know that there's that many demons in the competitive meta right now. Well, you're getting the plus two if they're demons. So you're doing it on, uh, what is it, two, two, two to three? Yeah, two to three to take D3 mortal wounds, and on a four to take D3 plus three if it's a demon. But you're still, you're still on average, on average doing um, a decent amount of mortals. Yeah, I totally misread that. I, I thought it was only if you select an enemy unit that is has the demon keyword. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, it works out, everybody. So, yeah, so it's even better. It's just better against demons if you're charging into them. Okay. Exactly. You're going to find that with Grey Knights because in the lore, they are the demon hunters. So you're going to get better rules against demons. But on the whole, um, yeah, they're, they're, still, they're still pretty decent. I like him. I like him. I don't think he's an to include, but he's still decent enough, right? Yeah. All right. So Volus seems uh, pretty good, but I think this next guy might be better. You tell me. Castellan Crow. I love it. This guy is actually probably my favorite character in the Grey Knights. Um his model's epic, just to start with, right? Oh, absolutely. One of the coolest models yeah, in the range. Exactly. In, I mean, in, in all of GW range. Yeah. I, I think he's awesome. I'm still waiting to pick him up, but yeah, yeah he's I great. I agree, mate. I agree, yeah. If, when I made my Grey Knight list, I was like, he's going in no matter what he's like. Without even looking at his rules, he just has to go in the list. He's, um, he's awesome, right? But let's look at his, let's look at yeah. his rules and his abilities. Um, so basically... Whilst he's leading a unit, um, he can only lead one unit, by the way, which is purifiers, because um, he's like he's like Makes the sense. leader of the purifiers, right? Yeah. So he gives plus one attack to their purifying flame attack, which is like a psychic attack. So um, we'll come to their one because their one's slightly different in terms of like attacks output. But basically, it's an anti-infantry two plus ignores cover psychic attack. Um, Castellan Crow's got three attacks of it. Um, Hitting on two, strength four, AP one, damage one. But against infantry, the strength is irrelevant because it's got anti two plus. So you're wounding all infantry on right. two ups um, with ignores cover and AP one. So it's pretty good, right? It's, it's a good, decent um, shooting attack, um, especially when you're combining it with the squad he's leading, which we'll come to. Uh, the other thing is once per turn, uh, the first time a saving throw has failed for this model, change the damage characteristic to zero. Um, so he's got a bit more of a tanky um, save to him, so he can just blank a bit of damage. Um, and that's per turn. So that's, yeah, which is Exactly, nice. and that's per turn. So that's your turn and your opponent's turn, um, which is good. Very cool. And he's also got the Champion of the Order of Purifiers ability, so 
while he's leading a unit, so he can't do this on his own, but he, while he's leading a unit, you add one to the attack characteristic of the purifying flame ability, which he has, it's his purifying flame ability. I think it's the exact same stat line as the purifiers. It's slightly different, mate. Right? It's slightly different. So um, his okay. skill's better, and he's got two more attacks than them. Okay. So he, their base attacks is one, but it becomes two while he's leading. Yeah. So, um, and frankly, it says the unit's purifying flame, so he'll actually go up to four attacks while he's leading a unit. Exactly. So that's cool. Exactly, yeah. So right. it's a cool little combo, actually. Um, and then, yeah. obviously, he's got his Black Blade of Antwerp, uh, which is a devastating wounds precision um, weapon with five attacks, hitting on two, strength six, AP two, damage two. Um, so nothing to laugh at, is it? It's still pretty decent. Devastating wounds are still great, even after the balance date slate change. Um, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I like it, mate. I really like Castellan Crow. I think he's great. I think he's great. Yeah, and for 75 points, uh, how can you not put him in the in the squad? Well, exactly. Exactly. He's he's yeah. honestly so good. He's so good. Um, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, the last character we've got is Mr. Stern himself, Brother Captain Stern. Um, model is less desired, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's like he's like one of the oldest models still around in the Grey Knights range. Yeah, I think. yeah, definitely. I think yeah. I think it shows, mate. I think it shows on the model. Um, but yeah, basically, this guy um, is his attacks and all that sort of stuff is not why we're here. It's just his abilities. So he's got the exemplar of the Silvered Host. So while he's leading the unit, um, basically melee attacks critical wounds from the unit. The target suffers one mortal wound in addition to normal damage. So every six plus to wound is doing an extra, well, one mortal wound in addition to the normal damage of the attack. Um, so you combine that with terminators and stuff to get a decent amount of attacks. You're doing a three or four probably mortal wounds on top of their damage, which can come in clutch, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, just, I mean, even if you're just, you know, one or two or three mortal wounds. Is is might be enough to just tip over the edge and win the combat. So exactly, exactly, yeah. So it's it's it does. I think that's a really good ability. Um, I like that. The other thing is strands yeah. of fate. Um, he thinks he's Eldar apparently, but basically, <laughs> you roll a d six on a two up. You set this model back up on the battlefield. Um, oh sorry, the first time the model is destroyed, roll a d six. Um, at the end of the phase, on a two plus, set him back up on a battlefield as close as possible. Um, to where it was destroyed, with full wounds remaining, pretty decent, right? It means he's not getting the ability though to do the mortal wounds. He's just going to be a character running around doing whatever. So it's okay. It's all right on him. Um, yeah, I mean, it, if you need to keep him on an objective or have him scoring a secondary for you in like turn four or five, it might be nice. Exactly, and don't forget we got the teleport ability, so you could just take him off. And then just put him like for investigate signals or behind enemy lines or deploy teleport home as if you really need to, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, he's he's that's that's actually it's okay. It's a decent ability, but we're here for the the silver toast, not his Eldar ability. Yeah. And he's ninety points, so I'm thinking I'd rather spend seventy five on Castle and Crow, and I can use a regular brother captain for anything else. Well, exactly, exactly. And when we come yeah. to the other the other characters, mate, I think you probably would overstern. Um, but yeah, still pretty nice though. Yeah, yeah, not bad. But mm, eh, ninety points is a little steep for what he's offering. Mm. So, um, speaking of of uh, other characters, that's it for the epic heroes. Um, let's talk about the 
the non-named characters. Yep. Uh, the Grandmaster. Grandmaster. Right. I think these guys are potentially an auto-include um, because you are going to be taking Terminators. So this guy basically, um, I'm just going to say standard stat line. So two up save, toughness five, right? Uh, seven wounds. Um, you can give him some pretty decent ranged attacks. So you could give him a flamer with strength six, AP one, damage one. You could give him like a damage two cannon shot. It's all right. I think you'd probably go flamer, to be honest. Because um, why not burn the heretic? Um, then the other <laughs> thing is um, this is the kicker with him. So on top of having the standard like once per battle, um, like standard captain ability, sorry. Once per battle, one unit from your army with this ability can be targeted by a stratagem for zero CP. So even if another unit's been targeted by the stratagem, it's important to know if you haven't seen the balanced data slate, what this means is you can only use this on battle tactic stratagems. Um, so what you're looking at here is for the core stratagems anyway, because we'll come on to the Grey Knights specific ones, is we're looking at CP reroll and go to ground. So you're never going to use them will come to the the gray knot ones that's still really good in this army. Um yeah, there's there's three battle tactic strat battle tactic stratagems in this index. Yeah, but like George said, we'll get to that in a second. Exactly. Exactly. Um but yeah, so the big kicker with him is whilst this model is leading the unit, you can ignore all modifiers to the characteristics of models in the unit and to any roll or test made for models in the unit, excluding modifiers for saving throws. Um this is really really strong really strong um because you've got a decent profile on all your characters and stuff and most of the time you're probably hitting on twos so no right. one can make that worse it it just means you, your efficiency isn't going to get worsened um it's, it's i think it's pretty good especially going into death guard now with the minus one <laughs> weapon skill or ballistic skill oh yeah um this guy is going to be fantastic <laughs> Yes, he will. Yeah. yeah, he might. They this, that almost sets them up as a hard counter to Death Guard. Almost. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, I really like him. Um, yeah. I think you definitely take one, um, especially when we come on to enhancements um, because they're fantastic. Okay. So, yeah, he's great. Okay. He, obviously, he can lead the two types of Terminator squads that we can take as well. Very cool. All right, and then we obviously got to talk about the other Grandmaster, the one in the baby carrier, the baby the Nemesis carrier. Dread Knight. Exactly. Exactly. I, I love these. The the most famous baby carriers in 40k, uh, the Grandmaster and Nemesis Dread Knight. He's, he's, he's pretty good, right? So um, basically, I like this guy for your anti-vehicle because what we're going to see through this index is we don't have much anti, like not anti, but like vehicle counters. Um, right. They, There's not a lot of, a lot of anti-tank weapons that are going to be taking out monsters and vehicles. Exactly. This is the big struggle for the index is getting rid of vehicle armies and monsters um this guy after looking at it i've come up with a nice little combo um with this guy which um he's actually can be pretty decent with it um so the basically you can give him any of the the ranged weapons you can give him a 2d6 flamer you can give him a six shot damage three cannon pretty decent um but we're, we're here for his melee right so right. he can take the great hammer now, this hits on fours, which is a bit weird. I think, if anything, these guys should be hitting on twos and threes because they're Grey Knights, but he's hitting on fours. Um, strength 14, AP3, damage D6 plus one with five attacks. Um, I think 
ignoring a weapon skill, right? I do think it's really powerful. But you come up against those Death Guard or someone like that with minus one to hit and automatically you're hitting on fives, which is a struggle. It can be a, a yeah. struggle. Um, the You've also got the Great Sword, and that has two profiles. So you have a strike and a sweep. The strike is five attacks, hitting on threes, strength 10, AP2, D6 damage. Or you can go with the sweep attack, which is 10 attacks, um, hitting on three, strength five, AP one, one damage. So it's a it's a bit of a debate on which one to take here, right? Um, I think, obviously, you, you look at it initially and the Great Hammer is much better because it's strength 14, AP three, D6 plus one. But the Great Sword gives you options into two types of targets. And you're still wounding light vehicles on fours. Um, and there are ways of improving that. But, yeah, it's, it's a tough choice just because of that weapon skill. That, that weapon yeah. skill is, is a difficult one to go. Yeah, that one's a great, great profile. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Sort of the, the caveat to all this is this is why I think the, the great, I'm, I'm more inclined towards the Great Hammer, is his Surge of Wrath ability. It's a psychic ability that once per battle round, mm. which hurts. I don't know why it's not once per turn, once yeah. per battle round. Uh, in the fight phase, one model from your army with this ability can use it before resolving its attacks. If it does, till the end of the phase, each time that model makes an attack that targets a monster or vehicle unit, reroll the hit roll, reroll the wound roll, and reroll the damage roll. Yep. Yep. So having that strength 14, the you know, having the four up to hit, well, weapon skill hurts, but when you're getting full rerolls, it's a lot better. And then you, you know, you're rerolling your wounds, you're rerolling your damage. You, your damage output, of course, the same argument can be made in favor of the greatsword too. So, yeah, I mean, take your pick. Exactly. But it's, you know, it. I think that ability definitely tells you don't take the dread fists because there's there's no damage <laughs> reroll to reroll, and there's it's mm, yeah. So do the sword or the hammer. Take your pick, whichever you know. Play test and see which one you like better. Yeah, exactly. I also like his, his the the concept behind his heroism's favorability. Each time you target him with their, this model with a strat, it costs one CP, even if the CP cost is higher. It's not a lot of two CP strats. No, generally. But don't forget, it still only works on battle tactics. Right, and um, there's there are two battle tactic stratagems in this index that cost two CP. Yeah. So we'll get to whether or not they're they're worth taking or not. Um, so this this could be a break even don't care or it could be a, another vote in favor of taking this model we'll i guess we'll we'll summarize that one at the end yeah exactly well actually just to um say the the gray knights actually did have one change in the balance data slate which is one of their battle tactics has been changed to um a strategic ploy um so we oh, only okay. have two battle tactics in this index um now but that one of them is pretty is pretty powerful right and We'll come to that. We will come to that, mate. But yeah, just just to clarify that one of them has changed. So, um, yeah, but yeah, I think that the Grandmaster and Nemesis Dread Knight, he definitely fulfills a role which you struggle with in the index. Um, and again, there are ways of making him hit harder. So, looking past the weapon skill, if you can get great on that, then sure, he, he's definitely going to be popping some vehicles. But it's um. It's a tough one because that weapon skill against against great um death guard and I know we keep saying that but they're the big um the big concept with these melee armies right now is right. um you are gonna be hitting on fives potentially sixes with this guy um with a with a hammer so 
it doesn't look too favourable <laughs> at that point. Right. Um, but yeah, he's still good though. Still good. He's still um, still my favourite baby carrier anyway. Next one we've got is the brother captain, haven't we? Yep. Um, so this guy basically, um, he can give. So he has empiric amplification. So whilst this model is leading the unit, psychic weapons equipped by models in the unit have sustained one. Um, so basically your psychic weapons are your melee weapons and there's a couple of ranged weapons in the units that will get it as well. Um, but so basically you're going to be getting sustained in combat for the most part. Um, decent enough. Which right? is strong. Yeah. It's decent enough. Yeah, definitely. Most of the stuff is damaged too. So you can't really complain with that. Um, and basically, um, he can reroll wound rolls, um, with psychic weapons. This guy can. Which is great because there's not many rerolls in this index, actually, surprisingly. Um, so it's it's pretty it's pretty decent on him. But again, he's only strength six, AP two, damage two. So he's gonna be doing that into infantry. Um, these guys blend through infantry, by the way. They just <laughs> they just struggle into anything bigger. <laughs> right. Which in a in a shooting heavy slash vehicle monster heavy meta. Yeah, that's where it hurts. Exactly. But, yeah, exactly. But yeah, um, he's do- he's good enough. Yeah, he's he's good. I just wish that his his wound rerolls were communicated onto the squad he leads. Yeah, because right now it's only him. He's the only he benefits from the reroll wounds. Yeah. So, but I guess maybe giving wound rerolls to an entire squad of Terminators Paladins might be a bit much. Well, so. we say that, but Osa Moment is reroll wounds. That is true. There is, is actually, when you look at it, right, is in 40k 10th edition, there is so many armies that just get an ability to reroll hits or reroll wounds. Like, it, even yeah. through stratagems, enhancements, or characters leading certain units. And there are, there are ways in most indexes to get that ability. Um, it's just a shame in this one, there's not as many. Um, it's one of the ones that hasn't really picked up on that. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, let's look at the champion, the Brotherhood champion. Yep. Um, he is another staple to the army, I feel, um, because basically he gives his unit fight first. So him with Very strong moves, with fight first against combat armies, you could never charge them and expect to kill them because they're just going to hurt you first. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, fight first is potentially the strongest uh, combat ability in the game. So I really like it. Uh, this guy as well, when he's fighting character units, he can re-roll hit rolls and wound rolls. But again, it's just him. It's this model. Um, so yeah, it's, again, it's, it's a similar situation to the brother captain, right? Yeah, yeah. And he does have precision on his nemesis force weapon. So um, it's you, you can have him in melee sniping out characters, theoretically. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. So it's, it's, it's strong, but yeah, it's, you're, you're not, he's, it's only he, again, he's the only one getting the hit rerolls and the wound rerolls, not the rest of his unit. Exactly that. He's leading purgation squads and strike squads. Um, and he is a, uh, whopping 80 points. Yeah. So yeah, for somebody that's got precision and rerolling hits and wounds against characters. And if you're positioning him correctly with your teleporting shenanigans, he's probably going to be able to, to 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 help make sure you get that ass- those assassinate points. Yeah, no, he, he is re- he is good. Uh, I think you never take him with the purgation squad because that's your ranged unit. Uh, you're going to be taking right. the strike squads 
Um, and yeah, he, he is really good though. I do really like the Brotherhood uh, champion. Um, so yeah, he's great. And when we come to enhancements again, <laughs> we're going to make him even better. Don't worry. Um, so yeah, great, great character overall. Um, but this next one, mate, the Brotherhood librarian, this guy is absolutely nuts. Um, so basically we're just going to go into his rules before we look into his ranged weapons and stuff. Um, while he's leading the unit, he's got a similar ability to all librarians. He gives 300 pain four up against psychic attacks. Thousand suns eat your heart out. Um, and then basically he's got vortex of doom. This is the most hilarious rule because basically in your shooting phase, you can select one enemy unit within 18 invisible to this psyker and roll one D six on a one. You suffer D six mortal wounds <laughs> on a two to five. The enemy suffers 2d3 mortal wounds. And on a 6, the enemy suffers 2d6 mortal wounds. <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Um, yes. That's like, uh, that's like Street Fighter just absolutely Hadouken fireballing some unit at 18 inches away and just saying, here, take a ton of mortal wounds. Have yeah, a day. Exactly. Exactly. It's honestly, it's hilarious. Like, even if you do roll the 1, though, and you take the d6. You have a four plus fill no pain against it um, with your unit because it's a psychic. Um, oh no, it's not a psychic attack, is it? Because this one, this actually gets around lone operative. Yeah, it's a psychic ability. It's not yeah. a psychic attack. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, and basically, yeah. So this guy's going to, um, yeah, he's going to ignore lone operative with this as well if he wanted to. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. Uh, catch you just made. Yeah, that's a that's a vortex of doom. Right? If I if I've ever seen one, <laughs> yeah, the vortex of doom is now going to be the bane of lone operatives. Yeah, yeah, very powerful. Wow. Okay, I didn't even realize that. Um, you learn something new every day, don't you? Um, yeah. So, and he's also got some decent shooting himself. Uh, he's got Persia Soul, which is his psychic attack. Um, it's pretty decent. He's got precision. So this guy is actually a character assassin, actually. Um, when you overcharge it, it gets precision, hazardous, strength six, AP two, damage three with one shot. Nice. Can't really complain there. Yeah. Um, I like it. Yeah. I think, he's, pr I think yeah. he's amazing. You definitely take one or two of these in your army. Yeah. And they're like like pretty much most of the other characters. They're, he's leading Terminators and Paladins. Yeah. So stick him in a Terminator squad and have him, you know, go out in the middle of the field to help hold an objective. and while he's at it, just, you know, find that lone operative that's been annoyingly avoiding your shooting all game and just yeah, drop 2d3 mortal wounds on him and say, just take him off the table now. Yep, exactly. I remember, so, if anyone's watched the live stream where I played Steve with his Eldari using the Grey Knights, um, I, mean, I teleported this guy in his unit behind his lines and I shot out his Autark Wayleaper, which is a lone operative with my mortal wound bomb. And then I killed the Farseer on jet bike with the rest of the shooting. So these guys literally just got rid of two of the most annoying units on the board just by teleporting behind him. Um, so very powerful unit, um, very powerful combo with him. I love him. Awesome. Very cool. All right. What about the Tech Marine? He's a standard Tech Marine, mate. Um, so basically, for anyone who doesn't know, um, in your command phase, you can select one Grey Knight's vehicle within six um, until the start of the... Um, until the start of your next command phase, each time that vehicle makes an attack, add one to hit roll. Um, great. Basically, in combat, you can get plus one to hit as well, which is funny with a tank. Uh, <laughs> but most yep. importantly, it's affecting your ranged weapons, right? Um, right. 
then in your command phase, uh, you can heal a Grey Knight's vehicle within three for D3 wounds. Nice. It's great. Nice. Um, yep. And whilst he's within three of a vehicle, he gets the lone operative ability. Great, because basically he's not going to be joining units. So it's, it's nice to just give him that survivability. Yeah, um, and I guess you could use this to... Um, it just says plus one to the hit roll, so I guess could you use it on a Grandmaster in Nemesis Dreadnought armor? Now we're on to something here, aren't we? Uh, let's have a yeah. look. I'm going to search yeah, it up. He's a vehicle. Now. He's a vehicle, so you can do it. Yep. There we go. Right, okay. I like it. So give him, give him the put your plus one on your Grandmaster and Dreadnought and Nemesis Dreadnought, and then send the baby carrier forward to hit people on threes with re rolls against monsters and vehicles. Right, yes. I've got to change my list after yeah. this um this podcast, mate, because um yeah, Tech Marine's going in. I I kind of brushed over it when oh he's just a Tech Marine. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Nice. All right, and then uh, last but not least, with characters, we got to hit real quick. Hit the Chaplain. Yep. Um, he's got words of power while this model's leading unit. Um, each time a model that unit makes a melee attack, add one to the wound roll. And then he also has an aura ability while an enemy units within six inches of this model. Each time that unit takes a battle shock or leadership test, subtract one from that test. Yep. Brilliant. Nice. Brilliant. Yep. Nice and simple. Again, leading terminators, leading paladins. Yep. Get it. Take a, take a plus one to wound. Not bad. Exactly. Exactly. I like it, mate. And speaking of, uh, brotherhood terminator squads. Brotherhood Terminator squads are a thing. So, these guys, right? These guys, I think these are better than Paladins. Um, the reason for that is, A, I think they're cheaper, if I'm right in saying that. But B, um, basically, they give the un they get lethal hits on the charge, so they're man the character that's joined them. And they get plus one OC, because you're going to take the banner. We're in, a, we're in an era of free um, war gear. So you take the banner, you take the Narthesium, so in your command phase, you can return one destroyed model, excluding characters to the unit. Cool, you've killed a Terminator. He's coming back in my command phase. And these are OC3 Terminators. Yeah. Nice. OC3 Terminators. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> With lethal hits as well, I think you take a couple, couple of squads of these and you just have like your, your librarian leading them. You could have Drago leading them. Um, you could have, you definitely take a Grandmaster with one of these squads, right? Um, oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and they've all got four attacks, hitting on three, strength six, AP two, damage two. Um, yeah, fantastic. Um, fantastic little unit. Um, yeah, I love them, mate. I love them. And, and you are correct. The Terminator squads are 210 points for five, 420 for 10. And Paladin squads are a little more expensive at 225 for five or 450 for 10. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. So 15 points additional for every five. So, well, should we look at the uh, Paladins well, next? Yeah. And let's let's compare them. Um, Absolutely. So Paladins themselves, they've got the same profile, but their rule basically, um, each time an attack targets this unit, if the strength is greater than their toughness, so anything that's strength six or above, targets this unit is minus one to wounds. Um, and they're OC2 instead of OC3, and they don't have the Narthesium in the unit. So they, obviously in the minus one to wound, um, it's great. It's really good because anything that wants to be hurt in Terminators, your your higher strength weaponry, it's going to struggle a bit more into them, right? So they're not really going to see many two pluses to wound on them. Um, it's more going to be threes and fours that will be wounding these guys. But yeah, um, 
And the only other difference I noticed in, in looking at the two into, uh, data sheets is the Paladins are hitting everything on twos. The Terminators are hitting everything on threes. Yeah. So this is very... There's, there's a lot of pluses and minuses. I can see why the Paladins are a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, the yeah. output's a bit better because they're hitting on twos. Um, but at the same time, their control OC... Because these are going to be your staple of your list, your Terminators. It's a Grey Knight's army. Right. Terminators are your battle line, right? Um, right. So you, you've basically got the choice of having stuff that are better OC um, and bringing stuff back. Lethal hits is actually fantastic, I think. So the hitting on twos is great, but if you've got lethal hits, it doesn't matter. You're just looking for the, the lethal hits anyway, um, which is which is really good. Um, but yeah, I still there's a place for both of them. There's a place for both of them, which is nice to see. Uh, yep, absolutely. So play test it and eat your absolutely. heart out, and just see which one you prefer. I prefer the Terminator, the Brotherhood Terminators, but um, yeah, they're both both really good um, units. Yeah. All right. Take so. Play uh, in your playtesting. Just everybody try them both, and you know maybe take one of each or whatever season to taste. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So as for the um, non-terminator armored units, uh, infantry units in the book, obviously with the other battle line unit are the strike squads. Yes, they're very six-inch move, T four, two up save, two wounds, no invuln, um, OC two because they're battle line. Uh, and then they have the usual same four guns as everybody else, the incinerator, the silencer, the side cannon, and the storm bolter. Yep. Um, and then you can give them a close combat weapon. I don't know why you would. Just give them the nemesis force weapon and call it a day. And their yep. ability is sanctifying ritual. Psychic, if you control an objective marker at the end of your command phase, and this unit is within range of that objective marker, that objective marker remains under your control. It's sticky objectives. Yeah, exactly. Sticky yep. objectives. But the nice thing about them, mate, is they got Scout 6 as well. So. You can stick in an objective first turn in no man's land pretty much with this unit, which is good. Nice. Um, Very cool. So, yeah, that's why they are good. And you put them with the um, the champion, the brother champion. Is that the guy? Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah brother champion. You put them with him. Um, they can be pretty annoying in combat, but it's a decent unit with OC2 with fights first. They're not chargeable pretty much. Um, and they're just sticky in objectives for you. So. Really, really good um, utility unit, I think, the Strike Squad. You definitely need a unit in the army. Um, don't leave home without them. But, yeah, great unit. OC2 is also good as well because you don't really have many high OC units, so you want to kind of look into that. Um, yeah. yeah, and these these are 125 for 5, so it's worth looking into. Yeah. Uh, oh, the close combat weapon, the difference between the close combat weapon and the Nemesis Force weapon you can only have the Nemesis Force weapon if they're carrying Storm Bolters. Yeah. If you give them any of the three special weapons, then they have to get the dinky close combat weapon. Exactly. So. Exactly that, mate. Exactly Got that. Um, so next one, Castellan Crow's Buddies, the Purifiers. Um, yep. These guys are awesome. Basically, uh, their rule is a bit meh. Uh, they get plus one to hit if they're below starting strength and plus one to wound if they're below half strength. Um it's okay, right? You don't really want to be losing models to get to to get right. You don't really want this unit to be taking casualties in yeah. order to get a buff. That's yeah. the the most counterintuitive unit rule I can think of. Yeah, that's. I think that's. I think a lot of sister players will probably be agreeing with us on this one. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but yeah, basically, these guys when they're being led by Castell and Crow, 
They're going to get two shots with their purifying flames as we've gone through. Um, and you, this is the kicker with them is they can take, um, I think it's, they can take, if you take a 10-man squad, which you would if you're taking Crow, you can take up to four special weapons. So you could take four incinerators, potentially, or four side cannons, um, which is pretty decent, right? It gives them some good shooting output on top of the purifying flame shooting. Um, so they can really cleanse um, enemies off of objectives or do whatever they really need to with shooting. Um, I think I'm really loving the incinerators in this index. I think the amount of flamers you can put in this army is fantastic. Um, so. Yeah, I think taking four incinerators with his squad is still just brilliant. Um, so that's Purifier's brilliant squad, I think. Very cool. I don't think we need to talk about Servitors. I think they're uh, the MVP um, of the Index, mate. The Servitors. Yep. <laughs> right. Um, uh, all right, Interceptors. So the Interceptors. Here we go. So these guys are great because they're 12-inch move... Um, Great Knights, which is nice. It's nice when you can um, do all the teleporting stuff with them as well. But the best thing about them is their rule. So um, after this unit's shot, if it's not within engagement range, you can make a normal move, move of up to six inches. Um, but you can't declare a charge after you've done that. But what that means is you can potentially steal an objective off an opponent if they haven't been careful enough to shield out the objectives from Deep Strike. Um, so you could do that. Um, get behind enemy lines. You can really start to um, get a lot of play with them and trying to block them out is a bit more annoying. But even more so, you could just shoot your guns and just tip onto an objective if you needed to or something like that. Like They really have a lot of mission play, so I think a couple of squads of these is great in any list. Um, and 12-inch move is brilliant as well, especially with auto advanced 6, right? <laughs> right, oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So the the jump shoot jump is good in whether you're playing Tower, Eldar, or Grey Knights. Yeah. It's always a good thing and there's so many different ways you can make it work for you. So Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's pretty simple and straightforward. Yeah. I like um, all right. And then last but not least for the infantry are the purgation squads, the uh the Grey Knight Devastators as such, although their weapon selection is not nearly as cool as Devastators. No. And I can't believe I'm still saying that. I know. Like 20, 20 years after Grey Knights made their debut. I know, I know, mate. But hey, here's a cool little thing you could do. So this squad has astral aim. So in your shooting phase, ranged weapons equipped by models in this unit have indirect, providing that the target of the weapon is visible to one or more other friendly Grey Knight Psyker units. All your units are Psyker units, apart from servitors. Um, <laughs> so right. um, basically... You could have indirect flamers if you wanted to. Um, you could have indirect side cannons, which are 24-inch. That's the other thing is their ranged isn't something to be desired, right? It's only 24. Right. Um, yeah, the best, the longest range guns in this book, other than laser cannons, is pretty much is 24 inches. Yeah. AP's so, not something to be desired as well. It's only AP1. No. This is why I think yeah. flamers are just better. Because, of A, you don't have to worry about the hit rolls. And B, you you're just getting strength six AP one. Um, you're still getting the same AP as your your side cannon, and you're just ignoring the hit rolls. So you've only got one one roll to make really, rather than banking on two. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I like the incinerators with these guys. You can deep strike them, get them within twelve, and then potentially snipe off a character off an objective, a bunch of flamers if it's hiding. 
stuff like that. Like you, you can really do some nice, nice little tricks with them. Yeah. God willing, this is the edition where we finally get some new units for Grey Knights oh, and they and some, cool, and some more variety in their weapons. Yes. So, yeah, exactly. Definitely, mate. Definitely. We shall see. All right. So, um, that's it, I think, for the infantry. Yep. Um, the the Grey Knights, all they used to have the Dreadnought, the Venerable Dreadnought. I'm still bitter that, you know, I bought the arms for uh, to make the Sifleman Dreadnought from 8th edition and then 7th uh, edition, whatever <laughs> it was. And then they took it out of the book right after, literally like a week or two after I got them in the um, mail from Forge World. And so I've got those auto cannon arms just sitting in a just box mate. somewhere upstairs. Yeah, exactly. Never to be seen or heard from again, even though I just, I loved the concept of it. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, it's sad. Um, it is sad. Um, yeah. But, so if you yeah, if you if you want some long range longer range firepower that you know go for the twin laser cannon dreadnought yeah it is what it is it's the, you know. the thing with this guy though I do think he is uh, he has a very good place in the index the reason for that is his rule so wisdom of the ancients um, he gives infantry um, reroll hit rolls of one and wound rolls of one and as we said rerolls in this index isn't very common so he is right. one of your um, your tools in your toolbox to give you that, so you can stick him around. You, unfortunately, he doesn't have deep strike, uh, <laughs> so you're not taking him off the board. He is waddling up the board with a six-inch move, but he is providing infantry with that re-roll, which is still great, right? Yeah. So he does have a place in that regard, and I think he's like 150, 160. He is. Very nice, venerable. He's 155. 155. See, right in between what I said. I like it. <laughs> but yeah, I think I still think he's he's decent enough for just giving the re-rolls out to infantry. Um, yeah. Would have been nice to see Deep Strike on him though. But hey yo, wishing now, aren't we? Um Yeah. But yeah. Well you can still teleport you can still teleport assault him. You just he's just not gonna get that teleport shunt yeah. benefit. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. You know, you can't so you still can't redeploy him, you know. Push him, drop him in, and shoot some uh, some plague burst crawlers in the fourth point of contact. Yeah, um, exactly, exactly. So yeah, still right. pretty decent enough, mate. Yep. Uh, then we got the other um, the the other nemesis dread knight, um, which has the ability empiric reprisal. He's eligible to shoot and declare a charge, and in which it, in a turn in which he advanced or fell back. So highly mobile, and he does have deep strike, so he does get. That um, auto advance six. Yep. From the teleport shunt. So, and he's got the same weapons, same stat line basically as the uh, Grandmaster. He's still hitting the the Great Hammer, still hitting on fours. The sword is still hitting on threes, same number of attacks and all that. So, yep. Literally everything else, it's literally copy paste. His the only thing different is his. He's not a character, and he doesn't. And he gets the um, fall back and shoot, fall back and charge, advance, charge, advance and shoot. Yeah. mobility so exactly, mate. he's he's almost to my mind better than the grandmaster yeah it's just without the re-rolls which is the one thing i, yeah. I would like on him but but yeah he's he's bit pretty, as you said copy and paste mate that's all he is yeah um land raiders land raiders is there one of these three of the three variants that sticks out to you the normal land raider because he has the last cannons so there's your anti-vehicle that fulfills the role in the army which you're missing right um right so and Obviously, you can put Terminators in and they can get out and declare a charge in the turn in which this thing has moved, which is brilliant. Still the standard Land Raider rules, still standard Land Raider profiles. Um, 
but he's just giving you those beautiful, beautiful Godhammer last cannons. Um, so you're going to get four shots from your last cannons from this guy, which is great, right? You still you still right. want that, and he, he again he fulfills that role of anti vehicle. Um, and he's not it's not easy to shift either. And OC five, so. <laughs> He's- yeah, OC5, and stick him with a uh, with a tech marine. So he's hitting his god hand relays cans are hitting on twos. Exactly. And so four four relays cannon shots hitting on twos. That is really your your only realistic anti vehicle. Yeah, power firepower in this game in this or in this index. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, Steve has take taken two of these land raiders. Well, he's taken one of this variant of the land raiders in his Black Templars list. I've been on the other end of it. And it does pick up tanks. Um, I lost gladiators left, right, and center to this guy. Um, so <laughs> he's um, he, he's definitely definitely worth it. And I would recommend having a Lamb Raider on your list. Okay, cool. Uh, and then that just leaves the uh, Rhino and the Razorback as far as the other transport options. Yeah, I don't know that Rhinos are you need. I mean, they're they're um, definitely have a place in this edition, but not in this index. You don't need them. You don't need the maneuverability. You've already got it. They're not exactly tough. They're not going to be protecting your units because you've all got two up saves anyway. You got better saves than the Rhino. Um, so yeah, you don't need to worry about Rhinos or Razorbacks. Um, yeah, they're they're a bit obsolete. Yeah. Um, it's the same with the Flyers as well. Even in the Space Marine index, the Flyers are very. Um, lackluster they're not really providing much for the army especially in this index as well because you don't need the movement you don't need the potentially the ranged could be nice because there's some last cannons on them the storm raven definitely has the most play but the points you're spending on these you could spend elsewhere and probably put a a land raider in yeah yeah because yeah the storm ravens uh 265 a land raider is 240 yeah i mean you just pick the Lamb Raider. It's got better saves. Just take the Lamb Raider. It's way better. It's got better guns. It's got, you know, the same transport capacity. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless you unless you want to use a Storm Raven to airdrop in a Venerable Dreadnought, which... Hilarious. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. If you want to do that, <laughs> go for it. Have, have, a, have a day. Yeah. Go, absolutely. Exactly. Um, so that is it for the data sheets. Really, really, really hoping we get some more variety in them. Um, this is the thing with Grey Knights is you're spamming the same units. You're just pressing that unit, that unit, that unit, and it's the same. It's just right. characters where you're gonna have multiples. Um, oh, sorry, like different variants of the characters because there's quite a few good ones. Um, I mean they are an elite task force, right? It's not a army per se in in the law. They are like small groups that go out and do things. Um, right. but it's still, I agree with you. It would would be nice to see other roles fulfilled in the index um, that is severely missing, right? Yeah. So uh, let's talk real quick about enhancements. Yeah. Uh, the first one up is first to the fray, a granite model with the deep strike ability only. Bearer's unit must start the battle in reserves, but neither it nor any transport it is embarked within is counted towards any limits the mission places on reserves. That unit can be set up using its deep strike ability in the reinforcement step of your first, second, or third movement phase, regardless of any mission rules. So basically, you're turning something, you're turning your land raider into a drop bot. Yep, and I think this thing is, I I really like this one. It's not an auto include because it's quite price heavy, um, but it's still it's still really good because what it's doing is it's allowing you to deep strike. Say if you went first turn, it's helping you on the first turn if you go first. 
But if you go second, yeah. you can take units off the board and deep strike them first turn anyway if you've got stuff deployed on the board to take them off, right? Because they started on the board. Right. Um, so it's it's really situational because you don't want it to... You don't need it to come on second turn because you do that anyway with deep strike units. This is It's 35 points, and it is only good if you're going to load up Paladins or Terminators and a character into a Land Raider and then deep strike the entire... What was six seven hundred point package right in your in your opponent's face for some yeah. kind of a mini alpha strike? Yeah. But since this is not an alpha strike army, you you're basically going to be yeeting them out in you know right into the you know yeah. jaws of the enemy and saying I'm going to alpha strike you with this one unit. Yeah. The rest of my army will stand back and take notes. Yeah. Exactly that, mate. And it's- then they will probably die gloriously. So yeah, probably not the best strategy. No. No, exactly. So first of the fray is first out of the index. That's what I'm saying. Uh, the next one. Um, so Domina, Liba, Daemonica. Um, this is the one that I like to combo with the Grandmaster and Baby Toddler carrier thing. Uh, okay. So each time the bearer makes a melee attack, add one to the wound roll. If it's a demon, you get plus one damage as well. So you're if you take it with the hammer, you've got strength 14 with plus one to wound. So... You're wounding everything in the game on twos besides a Bane Blade and a Monolith. Brilliant, because you're just Brilliant. pretty much guaranteeing your, your damage with the reroll wounds as well. You're pretty much just guaranteeing a bunch of wounds going through, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, very cool. Yeah. Um, so next one is the greatest enhancement in this index, the Sigil of Exigence. So... Uh, once per battle in your opponent's shooting phase, whilst the bearer's unit is selected as the target of a ranged attack, you can remove the bearer's unit from the battlefield and then set it back up anywhere on the battlefield that's more than nine inches away from enemy models. Uh, if the bearer is no longer an eligible target, your opponent can then select new targets um, for any attacks um, that target the bearer's unit. Awesome. You want to shoot me? Cool. I'm just going to just take my models off the board. <laughs> Yep. I oh nope, you can't shoot. Now the only problem with this is though, it's 30 points. That is a that is a fairly large expenditure for a once per battle. It is haha phantasm, you can't shoot me. It is, but basically what you're doing is you're you're taking off like a, if you put it on ten strike marines, you're you're taking off a big footprint. You could it could even stop your opponent from charging the unit, which is also a big thing, right? Is stopping yeah. your opponent from shooting shots into that unit to weaken it before they get in. And if you've got the Brotherhood champion in and they want to charge, you've got the fights first on them. So right. you're not, they're never going to be able to um, whittle the unit down before they get into the combat. And then on top of that, they're going to have to, um, they're going to have to try and shoot something else if they can. Um, which is, I, I think, and me and Steve have both been talking on this one. I think this one is, um, it's definitely a top, top enhancement even for 30 points i think it just goes into the list um just okay. for that, just for that little mission play I and mean, we, we all know how good phantasm is right but this one's like phantasm like on another level the uh the last enhancement is inescapable wrath add one to charge rolls made for the bearers unit it's great because you deep strike nice all the simple. time plus one to plus one yeah. to charge eight inch charges it's nice um yep eight inch charges over nine is always a better thing exactly so. Exactly. So I, I like that one as a place in the index. Definitely putting that one on my, one of my characters. Um, so, cool. next. All right. Stratagems. 
Uh, we'll just take turns all to go through these. Let's do it. Um, I'll, I'll do the first one. It is Radiant Strike. This is a battle tactic stratagem, and it is 2 CP, so it will benefit from all those um, abilities we, we read in the data sheets where you can do one for free or you yep. can you know minus the cost of one for uh, by one. So uh, in the fight phase, one Grey Knight Psyker unit from your army, which is almost literally the entire army. Yep. <laughs> uh, until the end of the phase, melee weapons equipped by models in your unit with the psychic ability also have devastating wounds. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. So, yep. So everything except for those close combat weapons that your strike Marines get if they're carrying special weapons. Yep. Every other melee weapon in the book gets devastating wounds. Yep. So nice Basically, and simple. What you got to think about here is the Dread Knight um, Grandmaster who turns a strat- battle strat- stratagem to one CP. He's getting dev wounds for one CP. Right. With his with his dread hammer, yeah, mm-hmm. it's not. Yep. <laughs> or, or his or his sweet profile on his sword. Yep, yep. It's yeah. it's honestly so so good. Um, I think that's probably one of the better stratagems. Next one. Are we going down or sideways? Which way are we reading this? You you get to pick. All right, I'll do a prognosticated arrival. So, um, in your movement phase, uh, one Grey Knight Psyker unit from your army that is arriving from Deep Strike or using the teleport assault abilities. Uh, your unit can be set up anywhere on a battlefield that's more than three away from all enemy models. Um, you can't declare a charge on the turn in which you do this. It's one CP, so you can deep strike within three inches for one CP. Love it. <laughs> do this with a uh, purgation squad, load them all up with incinerators, yeah. and then drop them in point blank and just you know, flame the bejesus out of somebody yeah. right in their face. Yeah, exactly. Goodbye. Nice. <laughs> oh, that one is an epic deed stratagem, so that one is not... Um, Battle tactic uh, no. qualified. No. All right. But this, this next one is battle tactic stratagem. It is death from the warp for one CP. Use it in your movement phase on a Grey Knight Psyker unit that either advanced this turn or arrived using Deep Strike or Teleport Assault. Till the end of the turn, ranged weapons equipped by models in your unit have the assault ability. And each time a model in your unit makes an attack, add one to the hit roll. Yep. That's nice. Yep. Really yeah. good. Really good. Um, again, it combos with the army. Um, even if you do that auto advance six, now all your weapons have got assault, so you can either do um, secondaries because you can now you're eligible to shoot, or you can now just unload fire and just move an extra six. Um, so yeah, brilliant stratagem, brilliant stratagem. Yep. Uh, so this one actually, the next one, haloed and soul fire. So this has changed from a battle tactic stratagem. Um, it is now a strategic ploy. Um, so basically, I just want to double check. I've said that one right. I believe it's strategic. Yep, you did. Yep, strategic point. Yep. Um, and basically, it's two CP. Uh, in your movement phase, you select one Psyker unit from your army that survived Deep Strike or Teleport Assault. Um, until the start of your next movement phase, your unit cannot be targeted by ranged attacks unless the attacker model is within 12. So they effectively get the lone operative ability where they can't be targeted by ranged attacks unless they are within 12 inches. Fantastic. It's helping the army survive a bit again in a ranged meta. Um, but for two CP, you're going to struggle to see it a lot more now, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's 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 a little, it's almost a little too good. So I can understand why they kept it at two CP. Exactly, it's something that, and there's no additional way. There's no besides the um, the ability for a couple ways to discount strats. There's no additional way to earn uh, extra CP in this edition. No, uh, so no, as you and, may have noticed, yeah. You, so you're only going to be using it once a battle, really. Unless, yeah. unless you've got the the mission um, secondary where you can get extra CPs on four ups, um, right? But that that's the only way you're really gonna be doing that multiple times. Yep. All right. Next one is Mists of Demos. 
It's a strategic ploy strat for one CP. You play it in your opponent's movement phase just after an enemy unit ends a normal advance or fallback move. Play it on a Grey Knight's Psyker unit that is within nine inches of that enemy unit. Your unit can make a normal move up to six inches as if it were your movement phase, or if it has the deep strike ability, it can be placed into strategic reserves. So we're out of here, or uh, we're going to close in, move up six inches so that we can heroically intervene. Yep. Exactly. Yep. yep. It, it, it's pretty decent. I actually like the Mr. Demos. Um, this, again, it just plays into the army's ability to just be very tricksy, moving into your, your opponent or just jumping away. So, yeah, really like it. Um, so the final one, mate, true silver armor. Uh, it's one CP. It's a war gear stratagem. So your opponent's shooting phase or fight phase, just after an enemy unit selects its targets, uh, you select one Grey Knight's unit from your army, and until the end of the phase, each time the attack targets unit worsen the AP characteristic by one. Armor of Contempt. We just wanted to call it silver. That's all it was. <laughs> yep. True silver armor is the armor of contempt for Grey Knights. Yeah. So that's it. Nice and simple. Exactly. So. Uh, all right. That is that's the index. Um, that's it. That's the index. That's yeah. it. Everybody yep. can go home now. Yep. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're gonna take a real quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about um, you know how the how the army plays in your experiences with it, and then we will get out of here. So uh, with that, let's turn it over to our third sponsor of the day, Siege Studios. And now for a word from our sponsor, Siege Studios. They are the experts in providing professional miniature painting services, ensuring your armies always look their best on the battlefield. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or just starting out, Siege Studios can help bring your miniatures to life. Don't miss out on their quality craftsmanship. All right, we are back. Uh, Jordan, let's talk about the overall big picture stuff for yep. Grey Knights. The play style, from what I can tell, I haven't played in this edition. Um, but the they're just everybody's moving everywhere all the time to play a lot of movement shenanigans yeah. to score. Um, they like this is the list. If you want tactical secondaries, if you want to be the master of the tactical deck, this is the faction to play. Yep. But you're not killing a lot of stuff. No, this is the thing is so they can score really well. So you, as you said, they're fantastic with tactical. Um, probably one of the better armies in the game for tactical, but. They also play fixed really well with deployed teleport homers or behind enemy lines, things like that. So they can really do well on these things. Um, but it's like you said, damage output on the army is something to be desired. You do really want um, more anti-vehicle, but you're going to have to lean into certain data sheets, which isn't what we want. We don't want to see indexes where you have to take a unit just to fulfill a role. You want to be able to have the options, right, to be able to do these things. Um, but you, you, you're limited on your anti-vehicle which is the, the struggle with the index. Um, but hopefully we've come up with a few ways for people at home to be able to um, maybe get the best out of that with your, your Dread Knight, your, um, your Grandmaster in Dread Knight armor, or your Land Raiders. Hopefully they can, they can get some success out of that. But yeah, yeah. On, on the whole, it's probably the most tricksy army in the game. Sorry, Eldar, you don't take that title. Grey Knights have beat you on that one. Um, but... Yeah, they're just not as good as Eldari. <laughs> right, Eldar are still just going to pick up the entire army and have it, exactly you know, by the exactly. end of turn th- by the end of turn three now because of their air quote nerfs. Yeah. Uh, in the data play. <laughs> um. So, uh, all right. So I do think that it's great that you know normally when you have a, a in some of the other factions that they have sticky objectives, mm. you can go sticky objectives, 
and then that fa- that unit is going to jog its way over to the next and stick uh, yeah. and, and sticky or something. With this faction, strike marines, you can just sticky an objective, like you said, you can scout move on to objective. Yep. And then have it or you can also have a um have a strike marine squad sitting on your home objective. Mm. And then you can completely abandon your home objective and everything moves forward and starts scattering to do yep. mission play. Yeah. So and then they can teleport assault away to something else next yep. turn. So yeah, um, it's going to take a lot of skill with this army to pilot it properly. You're going to have to get quite a few reps in to understand um, the nuances and where to position certain units so you're not losing them and stuff like that. Because don't forget, they can be pretty tanky, right? You, most of your units can be Terminators. You're also pretty much every unit in your army will have a two plus save. So and hopefully an involve because of the Terminators. But um, yeah, it's, it can be tanky in that regard. Uh, devastating wounds will hurt this army. There's not many feel no pains. Well, there isn't. Um, there's a couple against psychic, but that's it. Um, but yeah, it's it's more so about you're gonna need to get your reps in. You're gonna have to play different opponents and understand where to position these units and when to take units off and things like that. That's where the the skill to the army will come in. There's a lot of skill to and um, tactics to be learned through playing Grey Knights, um, which is good. It's good. And obviously, um, when we talk about how this index scores, the secondary is mm. the tactical deck. Tactical deck Just is, is the best. Tactical. It's probably the most fun way to play the army, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah. If if Bring It Down comes up, just go ahead and, and uh, use the strat, you know, yeah. uh, cash it out and take a just CP or whatever. Rid just get rid of um, it. <laughs> just get rid of that one. But the rest of them, you should be fine one way or shape or form in the other way. Yeah. The funny um, thing is, is investigate signals. Everyone hates that card. Grey Knights just go, Haha, I can do it. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Fun. Hold my beer. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, they, they, they so, do love it. Great. Awesome. All right. So, um, and I think we already talked about the strengths and weaknesses of this faction. They're yeah. highly mobile. They're, they're mobile. They're, they'll blend right through infantry. And if they see anything that is T9 or above, they're yeah. going to sort of weep. Yeah, exactly. That is... Like so, Imperial Knights. This army will struggle against. It's going to struggle against Imperial Knights. Um, yeah, but it's going to do really well into your Horde armies. It's going to do really well into even your Marine armies, like your Space Marines and stuff. Unless they're going down that air quote Iron Hands route with like loads of vehicles and tanks and repulsors and land raiders, and then that's where you'll probably struggle, right? Um, right. But they do have a deep the stratagems and stuff. It's just more so. If your opponent hasn't played them, you could probably do really well against them because they're not going to expect how how much maneuverability is going to be in this um this army. Cool. Well, I think we've covered it. We've covered it, man. Um, yeah, we would. Uh, I would throw in a rules lawyer question here, uh, but I actually have to get to the real lawyering because uh, <laughs> I got to get to my work. So, with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for giving us your time and your attention. Uh, I'm hoping that later this week, Steve and I can sit down to uh, talk about his, uh, you know, the the LGT prep and all that. And um, I would also mention that I uh, noticed on YouTube last night, uh, GW is starting to release information. They did it on Warcom too. There's, I think, they're starting to release information about the Space Marine Codex that's coming out soon. Yeah. So I'm guessing that sometime soon mm-hmm. that will be uh, announced for pre-order. If they're already doing the the teases online, that means that we've got the new Space Marine Codex coming sometime in the very near future. So uh, we got that to look forward to. I'm assuming sometime in October. My yeah. guess. I don't have any inside baseball info, but that's my guess. Yeah. So we will see. But. 
until then, this is Dave Caldwell for George Checkley and all of Vanguard Tactics saying, if he believes enough, a man can do anything. Mm. Have a great day, everyone.